0: there is a truism in science that says extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence now that might be for example the latest thing might somebody might find whether it's medical marijuana or whether it's a particular vitamin or an herb they find somewhere and you may go past some selling one of these uh, items and there's a list of 15 20 30 40 different things this thing heals now that's extraordinary ask for the evidence and by the way make sure that the evidence is not supplied by a study that that particular company funded because that's just wrong but it can also apply to things such as miracles and christianity extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence yesterday i listened to a podcast between an interviewer uh, and this particular religious person. Uh, I, I guess I could call them a leader. But they were discussing the miracles that this man had seen and participated in. And they were rather not of the normal miracle story one hears. They were extraordinary. And one time he even said, well, this was even validated by NASA. Well, wait, wait a minute. NASA doesn't validate miracles. That's not part of their brief. They're not qualified for that. They're not medical doctors for one. Although there are medical doctors that work for NASA, their job's not to go around and follow you, see a miracle and validate it. So I kept waiting for the interviewer to say, where can we find that? Where's the evidence? Can we check on this? And the interview never did. And it got to be, first of all, it was frustrating, and then it got to be rather amusing that no matter what this man said, the interviewer was going to, because I guess the interviewer is part of that same religious tribe, going, yeah, sure, Uh uh-huh, that's absolutely right. And I'm going, well, can we have a bit more than that, please? Now, I know this seems a bit rich because here we are in the season of Easter. And I absolutely believe that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God. I believe that he was born of Mary, that he did live on earth, that he did teach us, that he was crucified, that he died and was then buried. And I believe with all my heart that he was resurrected and that he ascended as the scriptures say. And yet, those of you who have been listening to Monday Morning Messages, may find that that's rather astounding because I am rather uh, skeptical of a whole lot of things. But why do I believe this? Isn't that, Patrick, an extraordinary claim? Why, yes it is. Thank you for noticing. And I do believe we have extraordinary evidence to back it up. And especially as we're facing this time, it might be good to remember the extraordinary evidence you can still find some people that hover about that claim the bible was just written by a bunch of guys that got together in a room and decided to write a book that would be i don't know against the jews or against women or that that we're we're going to get the patriarchy set up or but the whole the whole premise is wrong we know that we have extraordinary evidence for it for example think of the books homer's iliad and or the odyssey or caesar's gallic wars those are ancient books that many of us had to read in school, whether in English or in Latin, and we, no one questioned, you know, well, maybe Homer wrote it, but they would question that some, but is this the book that was written or has it been changed so many times? Do You know, we have only very, very, very late copies of Iliad, Odyssey, Caesar's, Gallic Wars, most of these, and they're very, very late copies and very, very few copies. In other words, a thousand years from the original, 1200 years from the original. But when it comes to the Bible, we don't have very few. We have in the tens of thousands of manuscripts, fragments and portions, and they come from different places. They were written by different people over a large period of time. We know that there was editing done. We know that in the 400 years of silence, so-called, between Malachi and Matthew that there was a whole lot of writing and collating going on, but it wasn't a group of men in a room. It was the work of God over about a thousand years plus of putting this thing together and our copies of it. You know, think of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Think of all the discoveries we've had of all of these manuscripts that validate these are very ancient books and our copies are not that far from the event. In other words a generation or two removed from the event not a thousand years not 1200 years we have extraordinary evidence to back up that these are the books that were written to talk about the story of the Jewish people and God and their relationship and then God's moving to embrace more people than just the Jews he did not kick the Jews aside he brought into the same family those who were not Jews and about God's continuing work. That's what the books are about and they have been validated with extraordinary evidence. The prophecies about Jesus were also very extraordinary. There and there were a lot of them. Now before you run to the internet and pick up a number, be aware that there are people that will say there are over 300 prophecies about Jesus. Perhaps but there are 30 to 50 really solid ones. And then you start going into ones where it's a matter of interpretation. I don't need to go there. Let's just go with the solid ones and not, we're not going to do much of them here. Most of you know about these. And if you don't know about them, please drop us a line at info at rsafeharbor.com and we will supply the list. All right. Uh, now, if you're already a Christian and you already believe all this stuff, you you don't need the list, but it's there. It's easy to find things such as that Jesus would be born of a virgin or a young lady. I know that's a controversy in some places. In a minor town from a minor tribe, and yet from the lineage of David, that he would grow up and that he was not going to look special to anyone. In fact, Isaiah doesn't. Uh, Isaiah 53 says he wasn't good to look at but despite that, that he would then live for us, he would be crucified, he would be nailed to a tree, he would die between thieves, he would be buried in a borrowed tomb. I mean, all of these things, resurrected on the third day, we have all of these. He would be sold for 30 pieces of silver, got that in there. And Jesus then lived his life and the prophecies were fulfilled. We have extraordinary evidence for this. Now. One of the reasons I'm doing this for us today is because of a 12 year old boy. Yeah, me. I found the book in my father's library. My father was a super conservative, hardline Christian all down the right edge of it. And yet he must have been assigned by somebody or handed this book by somebody and asked to comment. And it's an old standard argument that we saw a lot in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. This particular book was called The Passover Plot. You can still find copies of it, but I'm just not really sure you're gonna be all that wild by it because it makes a lot of extraordinary claims, but it offers zero evidence. All it does is say, well, Jesus didn't really die on the cross. Maybe he just swooned, or maybe he did die and the disciples then hid his body. Well, okay, we can maybe ourselves from here on into eternity, but where's your evidence for this? We have pre-written, Hundreds of years before Jesus, validated by finding these ancient manuscripts, Dead Sea Scrolls and, and elsewhere. And you can go look at them at the Museum of the Scroll in Israel, the British Museum, on and on and on. You can go look at these things. We have the evidence. These prophecies were made hundreds of years before Jesus lived, and yet they happened. And oh, by the way, I I've read one book once that tried to get out of this by saying, Jesus did this all on purpose so he would fulfill the prophecy. so people would think he was Jesus. Really? Really? That's extraordinary. How could you do that? How could you arrange all of that? Well, that's never explained. Of course it isn't. It's an extraordinary claim without any extraordinary evidence. This is not really necessarily and entirely a faith issue or a theological one. It's a historical issue when it's viewed that way we can examine the evidence do you have ancient attestation papers letters yes we do do you have historical eyewitnesses people that were present do you have their records yes we do not the personal ones let's not go overboard here we don't have something which they wrote guess what i saw today dear diary but what we do have is A whole generational change and people writing down the stories and this is also interesting to me when they wrote the Gospels we don't have any records of people writing saying none of that happened that's not true we don't get that we have the Gospels right out there in public and people had the chance to go through and point by point take it apart we don't have that the stories were too well known to be taken apart The historical eyewitnesses were too many to be debunked. Also, something happened. Something happened and it was massive. All through history, we've had saviors. All through history, we've had people that have claimed they're the son of God or they are God or that they know God personally and they talk to him and now God wants you to do this. Swamis and gurus and cult leaders, we've had them throughout all history. And we've had the deluded who thought they were Jesus or thought they were God. I've met them too, even dressed up like Jesus on my front lawn once, a place where I was working, and tried to convince me that they were Jesus, but they they weren't qualified in several ways. But regardless, why do all of those saviors just go outside of history and we never hear from them again? But this one blew up the planet, turned Israel upside down or Jerusalem upside down as the, as, as the charge was against Peter and John. And to this day, it keeps going. That's pretty extraordinary. There are certain facts we know. There was a Roman seal and it was broken. You didn't do that. You just didn't do that unless you're ready to die in the most horrible way ever. But there was a, a tomb and there was a seal, and it was broken. We know that the tomb was empty. We know that the stone was rolled away. We know that the Roman guards made up a story of being overpowered. Now, by the way, one of the reasons we know that's a fake story is because, not just because scripture says they set it up ahead of time that this is gonna be our story with the leaders, But it's also because if a Roman was given charge to guard a certain area and the prisoner escaped or people broke in anyway, they, they paid for that with their lives. So why would they say, Oh, you know, we, um, we went to sleep, you know, and then we woke up and because they knew they could get away with it this time because they had a deal with the authorities to say that in any other time would mean they, they would be killed. Well, That's an interesting historical little piece of information. In fact, there's more. The people who saw Jesus afterwards attested that that was Jesus. And there were people who didn't believe in Jesus and then they saw him and they believed, like Saul of Tarsus. Well, I know that when Elvis died, people were still spotting him 30, 40 years later, but there was no evidence for that, none. And the evidence we had By the time, and I don't want to be gross, but by the time they did all the autopsies on Elvis, there wasn't enough left of him to identify. Uh, That was, they'd gone over the top in many ways, and that's a scandal of its own. But people said they saw him, they didn't see him. When people saw Jesus, there were enough of them in broad daylight in too many places. And some who didn't believe who then believed. That's pretty extraordinary evidence. It changed their lives too. James. Jesus's brother did not believe that Jesus was anything special. they were he was deluded until the resurrection. And then James became such a leader of the church and such a man of prayer that his nickname was Camel Knees, because he was on his knees so often they were heavily calloused. But not just him. The apostles and the disciples who spread out from there never changed their story, never changed their story under torture and death. And all of the apostles, save John, died a violent death due to Christ. And yet, they didn't change their story. What conspiracy theory could hold up that long? None has, at all. There's an out, somebody speaks, somebody spills the beans, as they say. I have no idea why. You don't need to write me, I'm okay. It just changed their lives. It, It changed cowards into tigers. Why? Because they saw something extraordinary, and the evidence for that in their own life is rather extraordinary. They kept the story. Very briefly, because I like to keep these to 10 to 15 minutes, or so we're coming up 15 minutes, so I'll do just really quickly. I've read the other books. I've read the other challenges. Other stories, he swooned. He didn't really die on the cross. They just thought he died. And then they wrapped him up and they put him in a grave and the cool of the grave revived him and the guards must have been sleeping and he wandered off wait a minute that would actually be a better story than the one we've got let me walk through this with you here's a man that hasn't been allowed to eat or drink any sufficient fluid for days he's had his back ripped off of him by a whip that is meant to do that he has had his head gouged he's been beaten so much that they could laugh and say okay who's hitting you next his eyes were swollen his teeth were out by this time and then you nail him by his hands and feet to a cross you drop that cross and all and because they did they made it jerk on purpose lean it forward so the strain's on his pain you come around you ram a spear in his side and then you um you say well he's dead and you wrap him up in all of these cloths now they wait a lot, look it up. Have you ever been rolled up in a piece of carpet? You can't get out. I had older sisters, I can attest to this. Wrapped in all of this, put in a tomb, stole, uh, a stone put on Roman seal, Roman guards. Then he wakes up and this man who's had nothing to eat or drink and had his body shredded for days, it just popped right out of the, he's out now like Superman. Uh, and then rolls back and he, you know, beats up the Roman guard. That's a superhero. that's a Marvel comic. We don't have to believe that kind of nonsense. It's easier to believe what really happened. That God gave him his life and restored him. Or how about this one? The apostles hid his body and lied. Really? And you're going to keep that story even under torture? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. How about this one? A couple of religions say his body didn't really resurrect; it was just a spirit body. Jehovah's Witnesses and some others say that. No, he ate and drank with them. He uh, he manifested himself in ways. You know, he even cooked them breakfast. This was a corp- corporeal body; it was a real body. There there are others, but all of the or the one that really gets me. They did, he did die, they did bury him, but they they went to the wrong tomb. They found it empty and thought he was resurrected. So many problems. First of all, when you've had your entire life fall in front of you, and you finally have to get together and bury, you don't forget where you put them. Not the next morning or the two mornings after, you you just don't. Also, um, if, you'd forgotten where you put them and you see the empty tomb and you go well they're resurrected that still doesn't explain the eyewitnesses accounts it doesn't explain all of the changes the gathering in jerusalem none of that the christian doesn't need to be ashamed of believing an extraordinary thing because we have extraordinary evidence for the risen christ may you have a blessed blessed easter and thank you for being a part of our safe harbor and for loving us so well. God bless.